Blog Talk Radio. episode of Indie Fire right here with your girl, Nakia. Guys, you know what? It's like the 28th of May. It took March like six months to go from the 1st of March to the 31st of March. But April and May, they have just zoomed by. Like, we're here in June already. Is is that crazy or what? I ain't even going to ask if you guys have been behaving because I already know, you know, now that a few of your states are opening up and they're relaxing, you know, the... um, the restrictions and the stay-at-home um, regulations. Y'all just gone buck wild. I've been seeing pictures and stuff. Don't think I'll be checking up on you because I'm low-key on Facebook now and social media, but I'll be seeing how y'all acting. I'm not impressed. I really am not. Y'all better behave yourself and take yourself seriously. You hear me? All right, so what we got going on, we're ending out the month of May, and we'll begin in the month of uh, June. Starts Monday, right? going to come right back here with us on Monday morning for Monday Motivation with Casa Moore on My Struggle is My Strength at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now make sure y'all checking my boy Casa out, all right? He's talking about some uh, phenomenal, phenomenal topics. We're in the trauma series right now. So I think this past episode, and, and go ahead and slap me because somebody did ask me. They were like, you know what? You give purpose points every week for those of us who may have missed the show or, you know, haven't had the opportunity to watch the show. What happened to you this week? What happened to the purpose points? And I felt really bad. Like, ugh. So let me hit all those purpose points really quick, all right? Like I said, he's talking about the trauma series and how, you know, all that we're going through right now, um, it is very traumatic on, on so many of us. You know, whether we're dealing with um, painful part of it, you know what I'm saying, whether you've suffered the loss of a loved one, whether you've suffered the loss of employment, you know, whether you've had to become um, the teacher, the principal, the counselor to your school, um, you know, to your school-age children because you now have to be, um, have homeschool, you know, there's a bit of pain there for some parents, but whatever that case may be, you, you suffered some, some bit of pain through this, you know, traumatic ordeal. And so this week he talked about um, traumatic change, right? So sometimes when we're in these situations, we have to, we cannot stay stagnant. Um, we have to keep moving um, because if you don't, this stuff is going to wear and tear you down, uh, mind, body, and soul. So we talked about traumatic change this week. And the purpose point for this week was that change, as we know, it is traumatic, um, especially sudden change, of course, like, you know, what we're going through with this pandemic. And, and I, as I've noticed, things still are, are changing um, day to day, you know, things that we might have been told last week. Now they're coming back and saying, no, 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 this, what we said last week, nah, don't listen to that because now this week, you know what I'm saying? So things are just rapidly still continuing, you know, continuing to change. Um, But, again, do not run back to the things that are familiar when you're going through um, life-changing situations. And a lot of us, I'm I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. And a lot of us have that, you know, because we're, we're familiar with that and that, we find comfort in going back to what we know, you know what I'm saying? And so um, he says, in order to accept change, it is imperative that you change your mindset. And and I have to attest to that, you know, going through all of this right here, I told y'all on Tuesday, you know, I've lost like between family members and friends three in the past now six days, you know, and um, it was for one of these deaths, it was just so, 
I had to call like all my exes and make sure they were, I'm talking about years of exes, all right, and make sure everybody was okay. And, you know, that's all I want. I just want to make sure that you're okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt comfortable running back to, you know, and you have to, you got to pray. I had to pray myself through because by the time I got to like man number seven, guys, I was all in my feelings, right? So I had to, you know, just had to change my mindset. You know, I had to pray my way through and, you know, trust and believe in God that everybody was good. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was good and he was going to take care of everyone. So you have to be able to change your mindset. Um, as you compartmentalize, um, take things through a sifting process and um, it'll be easier for change because change, of course, is all better for us. And when I say sifting process, he gave a, uh, a demonstration, you know, how you make um, make a cake and you you use like the little uh, baking device where you would sift like your flour or your sugar or whatever. Sometimes what we have to do with our, with our, with our thoughts when we're going through change, you know, we have to put them through some type of sifting process and, and hopefully what comes out on the, the smaller end, because you start pouring, you know, into a, a, like a funnel. You know, you start pouring into a larger end. But by the time all of that has sifted through and what you get on the bottom end, that's what you want to run with. That's the change that you want to run with right there. All right, so make sure you're checking my boy Caso out. My struggle is my strength. Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then back on uh, Monday, uh, we have, what's it called? I know I went blank. I'm sorry. New Music Mondays. Uh, at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, New Music Mondays. Um, for submissions, you want to uh, email Monica at info at indiefireradio.com. Wrong person? I'm sorry. Siobhan, you want to email? <laughs> you want to email? See, I do this stuff on the end. I'll be ready on the end. I ain't ready in the beginning. You email Siobhan at info at indiefireradio.com, or you can go to the website, www.indiefireradio.com, Click on the link that says New Music Monday Submissions and submit right there. Now, it is very important that when you get to that tab, that you not only put, you know, my name's John Brown. I got this fire track, you know, it's called Slow Motion, and I want to get it in rotation on your show. Okay, John Brown, I got you. But you have to submit the file, okay? There's a little button that says, Submit file. You got to click the button and you got to submit your track or we can't get you in rotation. No matter how fire your track may be, I can't put you on the show if I have no music, right? <laughs> All right. So make sure, guys, that you do that and uh, get everything submitted the way that it should be. All right. So for the month of June, um, I don't know who who's going to be here on the Monday. I don't think we're starting back Mondays. We're not starting back Mondays. I'm sorry, guys. I have two people with me tonight and they're throwing up signs, and we're talking back and forth, you know, they're trying to get me to remember stuff. But Tuesday, uh, iCandy, iCandy Designs, yes, out of Texas, um, the CEO, she's also uh, an author as well, but the CEO and owner of iCandy Designs, Ms. Lala Moore, is going to be here with us on uh, Tuesday the 2nd. And um, the calendar is, is filling up for June. We've been a little hesitant, you know, with all this thing going on with getting – spot filled, not knowing schedules, but it looks like it's going to be um, smooth sailing from this point um, forward, all right? So just make sure that you're back here. If you cannot make them all, please, please, please do not miss them all. I'm super excited to have my guest here with me this evening, closing out the month of May, only because, uh, well, let me take that back. I'm always super excited to have guests here with me, always. But you know how I feel about the first, right? I like debuting music here the first time. I like being somebody's first interview. I like somebody coming on the show um, because they want to um, promote a brand new product that's about to drop in, you know, a, a huge retail store. You know, I like to be your first. I love it, all right? So we have another first in the house tonight, and I didn't know this, guys. I found this out today, first interview. So I'm super excited to welcome uh, to the Indie Fire family best-selling published fiction author, Reagan. Dennis. She was born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina, but spent over 20 years in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she became a licensed cosmetologist and later a licensed cosmetology instructor. Like I needed her a couple weeks ago. Dang. Um, with over 16 years in the beauty industry, 
Reagan decided to pursue another dream, writing. Being an avid reader, she felt it was time to give her life or give life to her own characters. Reagan currently lives in Columbia, South Carolina with her family, where she teaches cosmetology and writes for Anointed Inspirations Publishing. We know that name, don't we? You know that publishing company? I think so. She is the author of six titles, including the Hope Space series and the bestseller, Dysfunctional Family. Dysfunctional Family Values placed in the top ten for general fiction for the 2019 Author Academy Awards. Reagan was named one of UBAWA's top 100 authors of 2019. Indie Fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, best-selling published fiction author, Reagan Gale. Hi, I'm doing? so excited. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I like super well. excited. I and well. Let me first say thank you, thank you, thank you. You could have been anywhere this evening, but you are here with me and my listening audience, giving so freely of yourself um, to talk about you, um, your passions, and why it is that you do what you do. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you again for being here with us this evening. Absolutely, my pleasure, absolutely. I like to um, talk to my guests before the show. kind of gives me, um, it kind of changes the atmosphere for me. Uh, here in the studio because sometimes my days are just straight from hell. And um, that that's kind of how today was. But talking to my guests before the show, it gives me a way to change the energy and mm-hmm. possibly point the interview in a completely different direction. So when I got on the phone with you, you with your personality, you know, we've only um, – Converse on on Messenger, past a few messages on Facebook, but we haven't really had right. an in depth discussion. And so, getting on the phone with you prior to your energy, you know, and your personality <laughs> was so bubbly and you were so excited, and I was like, all right, yes, that's that's what that's what some people need, um, just to give them that uh, additional adrenaline rush. And that that's how I feel when I get my guests on before the show. They give me that extra. Uh, that I need to make it through the next album. Because, girl, I be telling you, I be struggling, for real. I be struggling. Mm. <laughs> I, but I, want to jump, I, want I do. To jump, I get it. I want to jump right in this. And I know I want to spend a lot of time talking about, you know, the you as the author. But I want to back up because I, I have a tendency okay. to stalk people's pages. That's how I learn my guests. I know all about their lives before they get here. So I've spent time stalking their pages. And when I read your bio and I saw that you were a licensed cosmetologist and instructor, you know, I got to see what she's working with. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody who say they license don't don't really, I don't care. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And so I was scrolling, you know, a couple of days ago, I was scrolling through, and I was like, oh, you saw I, I snatched up some of them pictures today, right? So I was scrolling through, and I was like, oh, yeah. hey, what you know what you're doing? Yeah, that's what I said I needed to do a couple of weeks ago. Where where did that, that passion right there come from? I know as a little girl, you know, my cousins and I, we used to get together in the summer play dress up, whatever. We used to put the towels on our head to make our hair like extra long. Um, and then as our hair was started to grow and get longer, then we would, you know, style and design each other's hair or whatever. Um, and that's how we, you know, decided that we're going to go to cosmetology school, get a little credentials behind our names or whatever. But it wasn't anything that nobody wanted to pursue after that. You know, we just, right. we, we said we could do hair and that's about it. But what was, you know, what was the passion behind it for you? How did it all start? It's so funny because you say the towels. We used the half slips that you would wear under your Sunday dress <laughs> and put on Girl. our heads, and that's how we made my sister. <laughs> made our hair yeah, long. It was like literally the elastic. little half slip. Yes. Yes. And it was so staying it on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, because my mother, and I'm going to tell you where, where it came from because, you know, I'm – a little, you know, have a little age on me. So I was in the 80s, everybody had a jerry curl, including me and my sister. <laughs> so I had an aunt. <laughs> yes. I'm like five with a curl. Really, mom? Everybody else got braids and bees. I got a curl. So I was like, when I get old enough, 
this was the two things. I'm changing my name because President Reagan was the president at the time. And I'm not having no curls. Like that was <laughs> that was my two things growing up. I was changed. I was not gonna be Reagan and I was not having a curl. And so as I got older and learned to do hair and how to do my own hair, and I was like, I might, maybe this is a possibility. And I remember my mom was like, you really need to go to college. And I didn't want to go to college. I was like, I'm not going to college. I'm not going to four. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, right out of high school, I got pregnant with my 24-year-old. And so mm-hmm. she, my mother, was devastated, like, end of the world. But I was like, right. okay, you know, I'll <laughs> right. do community college. Yes, end of the world. I'll do community college. I went to community college for early childhood. And I loved the kids, but I didn't like the parents so much. Like, I got these really good jobs in preschools and after-school programs, and I love my babies, but the parents. My child did not do that. I did see your child knock that child off that swing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. did see that with these four eyes. <laughs> and so it was just like, this This isn't it. And I remember one weekend, me and two of my girlfriends from high school, I had to fix one of their hair because we were getting ready to go out. And she was like, you're really good at this. You should go to school. And I was like, say less. And literally, like, the next week, I went and enrolled in school. And when I started school, I was like, I love this. This is so me. This is like, I was just so, it was like a whole new world had opened up. So from that point on, like, I loved everything, hair, makeup, all of that. And it just kind of drove me, you know, here I am almost 20 years later, still in the industry. Wow. And I know there's been, it kind of sounds like we might be around the same age. So with that being said, you know that there have been so many changes with um because you mentioned jerry curl um and i was i was mm-hmm. the person where i have a really 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 fine grade of hair and my cousin who grew up with me don't got that grade of hair and so she had to get the jerry curl so that it would be manageable for my mother but i never had to get one so i was like the only like all of my friends had them back in the day um, but I never had to get one. So I thought, you know, but I always wanted one. You know what I'm saying? I just throw some water on my hand and get the curls. But I wanted, I wanted the juice. You know what I'm saying? I wanted Jerry Curl juice like everybody right. else has. But I know that you've seen, like, the transition of so many different hairstyles and, and, mm-hmm. and hair methods, you know, methods to do hair um, over the course of your, you know, 20 years in this industry. What, what's that been like for you? Just to be like, you know what, back in the day, I remember the asymmetrical, and now I see it's coming back in style. You know what I'm saying? Back. Or, you know, yeah, you know, or we used to put the beads on our, on our head, but we have, like, um, aluminum right. foil on the end, and now there's actually, you have, you know, the device that can assist you with beading okay. hair. Mm-hmm. You know, just how has that been to see, like, all of these transitions in this, this industry over your course of being within it? It's it's almost like because being a teacher, you have these students who come in and they know how to do stuff that you never dreamed would happen. Like they're doing lace fronts, they're making wigs, and you're looking like, wait a minute, am I even right? qualified to teach you? Because you know more than I do. But then I have to remember the basics. They still have to know mm-hmm. the basics. They still have to know right. how to roll hair. They still have to know right. what on base is. They still have to, you know, do those basic things because it's really only four cuts in the whole world. Everything else is just a combination of those four. And when I say that, people are like, no, it's not. It's a million cuts. I'm like, no, it isn't. It's four. It's only four. So so saying that is just you have to remember to always take it back to the basics because everything came from a basic technique and not get intimidated by some of the newer stuff. And that's been the biggest thing because I'm like, oh, my God, how did she do that? I, I can't mm-hmm, even do that. Mm-hmm. But then I think about I can use a Marcel iron, and there's a lot of people who can't and won't. Who can't, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm twirling them things like. <laughs> Girl. So it's just been, you know, it's it's been a journey because, you know, I tell people I've been around the block when it comes to schools, you know, living in Charlotte. I mean, I've worked for Dudley, I've worked for Empire, Regency, some of the bigger schools. So I've seen a lot of change in the industry and even in the schools where when I went to school, my tuition was like $4,000 versus now you have to Mm -hmm. really take out several loans just to get, Mm -hmm. you know, your cosmetology license. So I'm like, thank God I went when I went. But at the same token, I feel like I got a 
solid foundation. A solid foundation. So how? And I know that you it didn't it didn't um, go into that because you're still you know you're still a licensed cosmetologist. You're still you know teaching, um, but. At what point did you say, now I'm ready to just expand into um, a totally different part of my creative side and say, I want to I wanna write now? It's so strange because I remember being like 10 or 11, and it was right around the time my parents divorced. And my dad had started taking me and my sister to counseling because we were having a really hard time with it. And I remember talking to this therapist. She said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like 10 or 11. I was like, I want to be a famous author. Like, I remember saying this, like, I was so serious. And I just thought about that recently, like, wow, like, this is something that's always been in the back of my mind, but I never really thought it was, you know, something realistic or doable. But I had just had a surgery, I've had lots of those, had surgery in like 2014, and I was home for, you know, weeks, and I was like, I need something to do. And so, you know, these characters just start coming to me, and I just remember being in the bed and on my phone, and just I just start writing. I just start writing, and that's how my first book kind of was born. But then when I went back to work and life started happening, and I went through my own divorce, I put it on the back burner. Like, it was just... I never even went back to it until, that was 2014, 2017 maybe. I had just had another surgery, and I was home. And I had read everything that I could read. I watched everything I could on Netflix. Every, I was just like, I need something to do. And I remember I had read like two or three books back-to-back by my publisher, who was um, Denora Boone. And I just Googled her one night, just, just Googled her one night. I was like, oh, she publishes? Interesting. And I read her. I know that name. (laughs) Denora, yeah, she's also, because she now is my pen sister. (laughs) Oh, I think that's why I had to interject. I was like, anointed inspirations publishing. I know where I know that name from. Duh. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So I remember seeing, like, what she needed for submissions, and I was like, I, ha- I think I have that many chapters. So I had to, like, go back, like, and figure out my, like, Outlook password because it was saved on Windows. And it was just all types of crazy stuff, like everything that could have happened. I, like, deleted one of the paragraphs by accident, trying to, like, copy and paste. And I was just like, you know what? You know what? But I'm going to keep doing it. Like, if it's this hard, it might just work. So finally, after three days of struggling to actually get it, (laughs) I sent it to her, and maybe I had just sent it to her. said, okay, God, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it, and I didn't think anything else of it. And maybe a week later, I had got an email from her, you know, saying that she wanted to work with me, and then her assistant, Dee Dee, started reaching out to me, and it just kind of went from there. And it was just kind of like, let's see if you can really do this, because the first book was, Everything that could have happened during that process happened. Everything. <laughs> I want to back up um, because you said that, you know, after your parents' divorce, you went through through therapy. At any point do you remember, mm-hmm. like, your therapist telling you to um, write your thoughts and your feelings down in a journal? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And actually, when I went through therapy, going through my own divorce, because I'm like, I believe in getting help. If you need help, you need help. Right. Um, right. That was what one of my therapists, uh, well, the therapist I was using going through my own divorce, she was really big on that. She was really big on writing it. Because at 10 or 11, you don't understand what you're feeling. You just write stuff down. But, you know, mm-hmm. at 30-something years old, almost 40, you're like, okay. Now I get it. Now I understand why I have to write this stuff out. And I actually came across one of those journals, and I was in a really dark place then. I'm like, God, thank you, because that was horrible. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you know, and that's something that I just, um, cause in talking to authors, they have so many different uh, methods that they use for the creation of their books. You know, they have gone back and they pulled, you know, um, journals or notes that they used or written, you know, down in the past. And I just remember, um, because I'm an aspiring artist, I've been aspiring about 20 years now. And um, one day I'm just going to (laughs) just sit out and just, you know, get it started. But um, 
I have really bad migraines, and they started when I was eight. And, and I just remember, mm-hmm. you know, my neurologist saying then um, you need to, to write, because I was built then, and right. he would say just, you know, you need to write write these feelings down and, and, and these thoughts down and these ideas down and to alleviate some of that pressure in your head. You know, and so the older I get, I still do that. Like, I, I have tons of journals laying around. And so whenever I feel the need to just write, then that's what I do. Right. Now, if you pick up one journal, it may say something that could go in one book. If you pick up another journal, it could say something that could go in another book. Mm-hmm. So nothing nothing ever goes together, you know, but I find that right. that's, um, it's therapeutic, you know, to mm-hmm. me. So I understand why therapists would say, you know, to write write these down, write these ideas and these thoughts down. Um, and, and then you never know. Like you said, you picked up and saw that you were in a dark place. Um, I didn't write during my divorce. That is the one time I did not write. And I felt like that could be some best-selling ish right there if I would have wrote <laughs> during <laughs> what was going on through my divorce. But I chose not to write during that time because those are memories that I didn't want. I didn't want at all. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. when you look back and you see uh, the young lady I had on the show Tuesday as an author as well, who had gone through, you know, a lot of things in her life. I mean, a lot of things. And she just published her first book, and um, she's a part of an anthology. She just published in that book, and she wants to just be able to tell her story in so many different um in so many different ways with an autobiography that she has coming up. And so, um, but she, she's using all of, of the thoughts and ideas um, from her past to help her to, you know, get this new book out there. And I feel like that is so important. You know, if you can look back and see um, what was in your journal, I don't know, four or five years ago when you went through your divorce and then can write on that, you know, and how that book itself right. could bring um, closure to other females and males can bring growth to people, can bring understanding to some of the things that you went through. So I, I believe, you know, that, that writing down um, your ideas and your thoughts is, during the process of writing a book is so important. Now, while I'm right here, how do you write? Do you have how um, I write process that you do, <laughs> or do you have to have an outline, or do you just write straight from the dome, or you know, what, what's the writing process like for you? It's so funny because it's so sporadic and all over the place. But if anybody knows me, like, I'm so – I have, like, this disorganized organization. It's really kind of quirky. So I have a million journals. Like, I love journals and I love pens, and I'll write stuff down, and I never use it. It'll just be there. Like, I'll just have this thought, and I need to write it down. <laughs> But, like, right, like, I'll have, like, book titles written down, like, oh, that's good. Or, like, oh, my God, this person said this, and this is good, and I write it down, and it never goes in the book. It doesn't. So I'm literally one of those people that I will take out my laptop, and I'll just start writing. Like, a title will come to me, and it'll just, as long as I have a title, I can write. I can write it. And it's really strange because some people can write and they'll have a title to the end. If I got mm-hmm, a title, mm-hmm. I get this laptop, I get me some music going, then I can write. And it's really crazy because I've tried to, like, get up early in the morning and write and write during the day. I can't do that. I'm that person who's, like, starting at, like, 11 o'clock at night and maybe not going to sleep <laughs> until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I just can't do it. <laughs> like, I've tried to do it. I've even done, like, the Starbucks thing where I go and, you know, mm-hmm, like, I'm going to mm-hmm. sit at Starbucks and I'm going to sip my coffee and I'm going to write. And I'm like, I'm too busy scrolling Instagram and Facebook and drinking coffee to get anything done. So <laughs> I'm like that late in the midnight hour type of writer. You just spoke about all those distractions from social media to um, the environment that you're in to enjoying the savoring flavor of, you know, a cup of Starbucks coffee. When you sit down to write, um, how do you, and you didn't mention music, which, you know, would only last about 10 minutes for me, and then I'd be up dancing around the room. Um, so <laughs> how do you stay focused and um, not allow yourself to get distracted? Like Starbucks, that's just out for me because there's too many people. For one, I'd be in everybody. I'm a people watcher myself. I watch people. I want to know what's going on. I want to guess what's going on in their world you know, about the looks on their face, 
I look at their clothes, you know what I'm saying? Um, I watch people. So there's no way I'll just be able to sit there and just, oh, I'm going to put my headphones in. I'm going to sit this coffee, and I'm going to write. I couldn't do that. Mm-mm. Now, I got imaginary adult ADHD. I Nope. But what keeps you and, and not distracted? What I have done in the past, I'll cut off my notifications for, um, like, social media, and uh, that helps a lot. And what I'll do is, because I'm a, you know, I'm a, t- I'm a TV watcher, like, I just am. So I'll turn my TV off, because if it's on, even with music on, I'm like, oh, what are they doing on 90 Day Fiance? Oh, I got to see what's going on. So <laughs> I cut my TV off, and then, because <laughs> yeah. once I turn my music on, you can't watch the music, you can only listen. So once I kind of get in that zone, then I'm good. As long as I know my kids are in here and they're safe, who's calling me? Nothing has happened. So I'll even, like, I'll even turn my ringer on silent. Girl, my ringers, they stay, and I have three phones, my ringers stay on silent. So people know if you really, if you really need to get in contact with me, it's to hit me up on social media um, because I have a tendency to check them at least once an hour. You know, the phones, I, I don't check them, maybe twice a day. And then I see, oh, at 9 o'clock, I miss a, me- oh, you know, very important meeting. I Oh, I forgot, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm getting better. And, and that's something that I'm doing now, trying to wean myself off of social media um, so that I can, in a place where um, I can sit down and and stay focused and get a lot of things that are just floating around in my head right now um, accomplished, you know, and you can't do that when you when you have distractions. You just you can't do it. You right. Can't do it. You can't. You um, can't. I I've, that, I've uh, actually. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I've actually taken like <clears throat> social media like uh, hiatuses where I'll just like not even go on there. I'll like log out on my devices. So there's nothing, and then that has helped me a lot. Like I may take like a week, I may take a month, and then that way mm-hmm. it's nothing now when I log back in and have a million notifications, but I've, right. I've gotten accomplished what I need to get accomplished. Right. I'm I'm trying to work around all of that now, you know, because we have to do so much heavy promotion for the show and everything. And, right. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to. Figure, I'm going to figure it out. You guys are going to miss me, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> uh, when you write, do you, um, you know, a lot of authors, writers, they tend to write about things that they know, person, places, things um, that they are familiar with. Do you um, try to be more original with what you write, or do you deliver to the readers what they want to hear, you know, or what they want to read? If they they knew that in your last book this was the concept here and they're expecting, you know, you, you did like beta testing and they're expecting you to go this route here, or do you say, no, this is what's pressed upon my mind right now for me to talk about and this is what I'm going to write about? How do you write your books? Well, what I do, the I will say I have written about what I know um, places I'm familiar with and kind of base my characters. I would say my characters have been a little, it's a little piece of me in each character and kind of just an exaggerated form. Um, this newer book that I just finished, that's the next release, I came completely out the box. I had to do a lot of research because I was not as familiar with the situation that I wrote about Um So this one for me kind of took me out, but I felt like it's something that I needed to do because I didn't want to be in that stagnant place where, okay, she's writing the same book with different characters. When it it comes to, um, I know your bio states that um, you are an avid reader, and um, when you decided that you wanted to become an author and start getting out there, getting your, your books out there, um, that it was it was time that you gave life to your own characters. When you start to um, formulate the characters in your book and you have to write from the male perspective, is that hard for you? You know, I have uh, four sons. 
Um, you know, I have an ex husband, I have yeah. a father. Um, yeah. <laughs> four sons. And no there's eighteen sixteen. So that's a story within itself. And they've actually inspired, you know, some of my, you know, kind of teen male characters. But I actually have no girl? like right I have two girls. I have two girls. Oh I do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm over here tripping. I got three boys myself. But whew. Okay. They're a lot of work. They are. They, they have are. a lot of <laughs> They are a lot of work. But I actually like writing from the male perspective because I think it helps me to really come out of who I really am. Um, mm-hmm. I, and believe it or not, I like writing. And a lot of people don't because they're like, well, I don't know how they think. But then I think about, right. like, maybe people I dated or, you know, what would this person do or this person I knew. Right. Um, right. And even inspiration from TV shows and movies just seeing, you know, how they carry themselves and how they talk. And so it sounds like a man and not a woman trying to sound like a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the genre that you're under, is that fiction, urban fiction, urban Christian fiction? What's your genre? It's like, it's Christian fiction, but it's, I wouldn't say it's too urban, but it's definitely not churchy. It's kind of sort of urban Christian fiction, um, but it's it's definitely not not churchy Christian fiction, if that makes sense. I don't know, because um, <laughs> um, I've had several urban Christian fiction authors on the show. Um, one, uh, she she also happens to be a, a past or an assistant pastor. As well, so I thought, you know, when I got her on the show, I had to be a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? I had to act, I had to sit with my legs crossed and act all prim and proper or whatever. Only to find out that, you know, she, when she told her story, you know, she had a life before she went into, um, into the church. And when I say into the church, I mean, you know, before she became a pastor, she had a life. She wrote before she became a pastor. And so, um, and I think that's something that people fail to remember. Like, we don't all come out the way that our, our lives have led us, you know. Um, we have a destiny. Each one of us has a destiny and a calling upon our lives. And we don't all just come out that way and, and live that way. Some of us take many different paths to get to where it is that we need to be. And so she wrote a, a certain type of way prior to her now writing um, urban Christian fiction. And I got the opportunity to read one of her books and my mind was blown because she, she did say now, don't get me wrong. I'm a pastor. You know what I'm saying? I write Christian fiction, but I'm going to keep it real. Also, you know, um, people talk about divorce and the church wants to shake their head and like, you know, you don't, you don't do that, but that's real life. You know, she says, I like to write about stuff that happens to us in real life, you know what I'm saying? So if I curse in my book, that's what happens to us in real life. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was blown away when I read her book, and now I can't put her books down because, you know, it does, it gives you exactly what you need. Um, she's able to quote the Bible verses but break them down so eloquently and make them applicable to every part of of her her books. Um, it is, it's just, it's amazing. I've never seen um, a Christian fiction author write that way. And I love Christian fiction. I read anything, but I, I, I've never seen an author write that way under that genre. And so um, when you say yours is a little different, like, what do you mean? Break those down for me. I try to use the real life um, experiences mm-hmm. and I try to take experiences, the hurt and the pain um, yeah. and to to really charge my characters, like I'll give an example, Dysfunctional Family Values, that's probably been like my most popular book. Um, I'm, and it was painful sometimes to write some of the scenes because I'm like, I'm not writing that. I'm not writing that. And the Holy Spirit like, yes, you are. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Yes, you are. Um, so it took a situation where this this young woman, she just wants to live her life and just that's all she wants to do. But then you have, a, you know, a mother that has this deep-seated hate for you, but then you don't find out why that hate is there until, like, later on in the book. And you're like, oh, my God, now it all makes sense. But to have a mother plot on you, you know, this is your child, and you will Ooh. plot such you know, 
ruin your own child because of your, you know, how you feel about right. her because of the way that she was conceived and how you felt about your mother because her grandmother had her until she passed. So it was some scenes in there that were just like, I blew my own mind, to be honest. <laughs> like, I came up with that. Am I okay mentally? But, you know, I just try to take things that are realistic, but people may mm-hmm. not want to talk about. Okay, okay. Now, let me remind you, Dysfunctional Family Value was placed in the top 10 for general fiction for the 2019 Author Academy Awards. So she said that she blew her own mind. Well, apparently, you know, she was blowing some other people's minds as well. So, you know, we got to get on that. We got to jump on Dysfunctional Family Values so we can talk about that. You know, I normally don't bring up other people's works, you know what I'm saying? But um, I'm talking about Lakeisha Johnson, if y'all, y'all probably know. Um, but amazing author. But from what I'm I'm seeing and, and hearing about Reagan Dennis, you know what I'm saying? I want to place her on that pedestal as well. Um, and and that's good. People say don't don't do that. Don't praising people like that. No, I believe in giving people their flowers when when you know at their due time. So and and I think that's a lot of problem. I know I'm all over the place right now. That's a problem. Women. So that's something that women have a problem with. They don't know how to. Um, Give women, other women, accolades. They got a problem with that, and I don't, I don't understand. You know, I don't understand why. If you see a woman that is excelling in her craft, so yes, I do. I want to be able to put Reagan on that pedestal. When it comes to Christian fiction, um, how how do you balance keeping the message strong while um, still wanting to reach readers that are beyond? Christian bookstores, and I know you said that you keep it real, you you throw in the real life experiences, and um, but has that been enough for you to not only um, reach the believers, but the non-believers as well? I will say, I can't say, you know, obviously we don't know everyone who reads our books, but I think that I've been able, just from the reviews and, you know, people coming in my inbox, which I'm always so grateful for, like, oh, my God, you really helped me. You helped me with some relationship stuff, or you helped me with something I've been going through with my mom. And, you know, I try to make it to where not everybody, you know, everybody in the book is not saved, sanctified, the Holy Ghost field, you know, because that's not life. That's not realistic. So right. I try to have right. a balance because it may only be one person in the book who is, you know, truly for Christ. But I still try to make that one person be strong enough and be prayerful enough kind of to bring people in. But at the same token, you know, I've had a character in More Than Gold. She just didn't ever get no act right. She just didn't. It just was what it was because I had to remember. (laughs) It's not always going to be that happy ending. It's just not. I completely understand. I want to jump over to your caller. You do have a caller on the other line. I recognize this number, so I'm going to sit back and let her say what it is that she needs to say. Uh, You're live right here with uh, Nakia and Reagan Dennis. Who's on the line? Hello. It's Chanel. How are you doing? (laughs) How are you? I am great. Listen, first of all, I'm not going to take your time, but first of all, um, hello, Nakia. How are you? I love you. Um, I love you more. If you haven't, look, Nakia, listen, you've got to read Dysfunctional Family Values. But before you do, make sure that, you know, the kids got something to eat, everybody's taken care of, because you're not going to want to put it down. Like, my family was like, are you going to cook? Like, are you coming out of the room? I'm like, no. I got to find out what's going on. It was so well written. It's, it's such a good book. It's such a good book. I absolutely, I miss the characters. When I finished reading the book, I miss the main character. Like, we had become friends during the book, you know? Oh, I love music. Yes, um, I love music. <laughs> Um, so that I, I had to get that out of the way. I had to say to you, you got to read that book. Like it's just that good. But make sure that everybody is taken care of because you're not gonna pay attention to nobody but the words on the page. That's just how good the book is. Um, I wanted to say hi. 
Uh, Regan is my, you know, so we, we pin sisters, friends. I love her work. I'm fangirling right now, though, because I'm actually a fan. Like, that, she's who I read. Um, and I cannot oh, wait. Yeah. So my question is, when oh, I is, already you have a drop date I for the it. new book? I got it. I already downloaded it. Boom. I'm you got it? I'm telling it. you. Now, I everybody that, tell everybody that you know, you're going to be out of commission for the next 24 hours because that's all you're going to want to read. Grown. It's just that grown. They can take care of themselves. They grown. They good. They're going to have to because you're not going to be able to put it down. I promise it you. It ain't got no man. And it's, 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 you know what I'm saying? I'm good. <laughs> you're going to be cuddling with the pages. <laughs> no, but do you have a... Um, <laughs> Reagan, is there a drop date set for the new book? I want, I need something to read. I'm about to walk into another project, but I, I want to read before I do. I need something to read, and I'm dying to read this next book. No, we don't have a drop date set, but it'll be soon. It'll be soon. Like, it's already, okay. um, Denora already has it, so we're just waiting on the date. Okay, so listen, world, <laughs> we waiting on the date. Uh, it's it's a one click for sure. Like, like it's hands down, no question. You you were mentioning um, Lakeisha Johnson. It's some people that you could just depend on, and yeah. when you see the book, you just yeah. you just click it. So okay, she wrote this. Okay, I'm gonna read it. Um, it's no yep. questions. I don't need to flip to the back of the book. Um, <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need those synopsis, nothing. I want to read the book. I know it's going to be fire as soon as it drops. So I'll, I'll breathe and, you know, and, and, and wait for it to come out. But I'm telling you, when you finish Dysfunctional Family Values, you got to call me and be, you're going to be like, girl. And I'm going to be like, yes, she's six fire. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to call you. I'm going to let you know how it was. I'm saying it's good. Cussing me out. Like, why did you do that? I'm like, what? Oh, no. Now, that part, well, I'm not going to give the book away, but there, somebody does pass away in the book, but oh. I had to read it. I had to read it twice. I was blown. Like, blown like, oh, my God, that didn't just happen. Oh, no. Like, moves to tears blows. Because oh. it was so smoothly executed that, you know, you're just like, well, well wait a minute. Well, no. Well, wait. Well, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was great. It's great. Reagan, I love Reagan to death. Uh, what's a life and life more abundantly, whichever one you want to say. And it's crazy because when I wrote that part, I had to like, stop, go to Krispy Kreme, eat like six donuts, and yeah, resume. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. It's a great book. Well, I look forward to jumping on that as soon as I get, what's today, Thursday? I don't have my Bible study tonight, do Nah, all right, cool. So, yes, as soon as I get off air, I'm jumping on it. It's already downloaded. I'm ready to jump into it, and I'm going to let you guys know on, on, on Tuesday. Nah, yeah, next Tuesday show, I'm going to let you know how the book was. All right. Perfect. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, Chanel. I, I will talk to you Thank later. You, yes, ma'am. I love you guys. Love you, love too. You Have too. a good night. What happens when pleasure goes against principles? He recalled how their bodies collided. They moved in sequence to the sounds of passion. Does pleasure win over our principles? He plotted a way to secure his position in her bed forever. Do principles triumph over our desires? How could they passionately make love all night? How could she dismiss him like a schoolboy? Find out in Her Pleasures, His Principles by Chanel. Available at Amazon.com. You heard the author right there. Chanel, Her Pleasure, His Principles. When I first heard the title... That's the book that we actually, we did the the cover release, we did the title release all last year. Don't quote me on that date, maybe July of last year. Um, but 
the, the title alone had my freaky self like, oh my God, I can't wait to read this. Thought about it. Ah, okay, now that Christian genre person again. But it it was everything that she's another one. Everything that she writes just keeps you wanting more. Like that needs to be a part two. I'm yeah. telling her she's still on the line. There needs to be a part two of her pleasure, his principles, and then the book that she has coming out in June. Um, the name, the title of it, you know, that's how I go to the movies. I, I look at titles. If the title can pull me in, then I already know that movie's going to be, you know, fire. And so that's how I read books. If I like the title, I don't care about the picture. I like the title, but the title and, and the picture itself, and then I already know what, you know, the words that she puts on pages. Yeah, so y'all make sure y'all check out Her Pleasure, His Principles, author Chanel, uh, and then the new book, I ain't going to tell you no more about that one, but it's coming out beginning of June. You got another caller. Let's get them on the line with you. They might want to show some love. Uh, caller 704, you're live on the line with Nakia and Reagan. Who do we have on the line? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, Hi. this is Keisha. Hey, Hi, Keisha. Keisha. Hey, how you doing? How are you? I'm good. How are you? How so I have known, I'm good. I've known Reagan, what, since the 11th grade? Oh. Uh, 11, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yep. Oh. Yep, 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 yep. Since the 11th grade, and I just wanted to call and let you know that I, you already know, but I am so, so, so proud of you and everything that you have accomplished. Oh, don't make me cry, don't do it. Not get sentimental in my old age. <laughs> no, but seriously, I do um, have. I have not read all your books. I have some downloaded, and I will because I got a whole lot of books I need to read. But yours are definitely on my list to read. But yeah, I'm just so happy for you. Um, you know, it's always those special people in your lives, whether you know. And we did. We went our separate ways when we got back together, but I've always, always wanted nothing but the best for you. So I'm extremely, extremely happy and proud that you are working in your calling and in your, you know, what you're passionate about. Oh, thank you so much. That means oh, so, so, so much. Like, this was like my very first friend when I moved to Charlotte as a teenager. Didn't know anybody, just lost. And we just we were we just became friends like yes. So that means so That's much. So like that means sweet. a lot. Like I need to change my friends because don't nobody ever call up here just to talk to me. They don't they don't do that. Yeah. That's so sweet. You said where are you calling us from? Um, I live in Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte in the house. All right, all right. You staying safe yeah. throughout all of this pandemic and everything? Oh my gosh, I am, but it's, so I'm an introvert by nature, but I don't like people telling me that I have to stay in the house, so mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. a struggle, like, you know, all of my yeah. self-care stuff that I'm used to doing, I can't do, so, right. and my daughter is like, every time I come home, you got an attitude, I'm like, I really, I, it's not you, it's, it's me, seriously, because this is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is, it is. It is. The like it is, like it is. going to Walmart to get food. Like, oh, I get to go to the grocery store today. Oh, I fun. Know, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That, that's, that's getting to the point where it's not even fun, you know, anymore. I have older children mm-hmm. um, that are home um, because of, you know, it's, it's summer break. But um, I have two older children that are home. And so they're the ones who do all the grocery shopping and, um I work for the New York State Department of Labor, and, and I'm doing it from home now. And so everything is just I don't have to leave home. You know, when I record shows, I got to go out. But other than that, I don't have to leave home. And so I've just become so conditioned to seeing, you know, like the same 2024 walls um, that it, it just it, it doesn't bother me, you know, anymore. Like I, I don't want to say I'm fearful to go out in it, um, but I just – I'm 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 good at home now. I'm good, and I can relate, Keisha, about the attitude, you know, because my daughter's always no, like, "Mom, what is wrong with you today?" You know what I'm saying? What What is wrong? <laughs> what, what's going on today? <laughs> you know, uh, I'll be better tomorrow. I promise. So I completely understand. I do. 
Well, thank you so well, much. I don't want to. Yes, absolutely. Reagan, I text you, girl. I text you. <laughs> and make sure you go read. Tisha, you need to go read Dysfunctional Family Values. I'm about to jump on that as soon as the show is over. I heard the book is I am. fire. It's one of them books yeah. you can't put down. Um, I just downloaded mine, so I'm about to jump on it as soon as the show is over. So you make sure you get on it, too. We're going to talk about I it. I absolutely <laughs> will. <laughs> All right, ladies. Have a good evening. Take care. You as well. All right. Bye. Bye. So, Reagan, when when did you learn that words actually have power? I think just through reading, because I've always loved to read, even, you know, as a young child, I think just through reading and loving to read, I just knew that words were just really, really, really powerful, and you could do so much and create so much with them, because I think you know, one of my first, like, I've always loved to read. Like, I was the one reading, like, um, Ramona, Cleary. Um, what was Girl, what, Cleary, like, yeah, you just told crazy. your age right there. You told your age. I did. I bought my daughter. She said it's some Ramona books, and she's very happy about that. Um, and reading, like, the Are You Here, God, It's Me, Margaret. I've always been a reader. But when I started, yes. What's the people that was in the attic? What's the ones that was in the attic? No, yeah, what word? I know what you're talking about too. I do. Um, and the crazy part flowers is in the attic. when I started flowers in the attic. Flowers in the attic. Flowers in the attic. So I've been reading all my life, but when I read, I think <laughs> oldest winter ever, and I think this is one of them first books for a lot of people. Oh, when I read, woo, I've read it like fifty times. Something mm-hmm. sparked like. Oh, my God. And I just, mm-hmm. anything urban I could get my hands on, I was getting my hands on. Like, that just did something because I think that was the first time I really saw black writers really making moves and really, like, saying what they want to say without being, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't talk about that type of thing. Right. You're, you're, you're probably the third female author who has mentioned um, Sister Soldier in that book and how it impacted their their career as an author and how they still go back and reread it um, yes. just to get time more, to you know, yes, to refuel their passion. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, I, I think um, for me, and it's, a, it's an odd book, um, but um, Native Son by Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. That's my book for some reason. Okay. Um, it it refuels passion for me. I don't I don't know why, but um, that that's my book. Um, moving forward, as you know, an author, um, what do you see in store for you? Really, like, my biggest dream, um, and I didn't even really realize I had this dream until, like, recently, to be honest, I would like to see my work on film. Like, I want to be, like, walking on a red carpet, and it's, like, the premiere of one of my books that has been turned into a script and is a movie. Like, ultimately, that is my biggest dream. So have you given yourself, you know how we make goals, we make short-term goals, we make long-term goals, um, we make vision boards, um, we set weekly goals. Have you given yourself a timeline uh, for this? I, You know what? I haven't really given myself a timeline. Like I said, this was something I just realized I wanted probably within the last year. So right now the short-term is to put out, two, possibly three books a year, just trying to keep myself relevant. And as things come to me and ideas come to me, and then maybe within the next, I would say, five to ten years, actually seeing that, you know, bigger picture where I'm actually on screen. And do you have this somewhere um, so that you can visualize this and see this every single day? I had actually my two vision boards that I made, I had them up, 
But what I'm in the process of doing now, like I've written it in like several of my journals <laughs> that is written down, but I'm in the process of making like a smaller vision board because I have like this inspiration corner where my desk is where I do a lot of my writing and I have just different mm-hmm. things on the walls like framed um, book covers and things like that. So I'm in the process of making like a smaller vision board that I can frame. Um, and that's definitely going to be one of the main things. Like the center is going to be, you know, movies, a movie reel or a red carpet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that you're able to continue to, even though it may be something that you see in the distant future 10 years from now, but you can see that on a daily basis and continue, you know, know that everything that you do, every small thing that you do, every weekly goal that you cross off is working towards that bigger goal at the end or the center of that vision board. So it's just, it's, it's, we have to keep, you know, it's so important to keep our goals in front of us and be able to see them um, on a daily basis because things that are held in your head, you know, I feel like those things, as long as they're held in your head, you can't bring those to fruition because they're stuck. You know, I can think it, I can think it, I can conceive it, you know, but when I put it out, put it out into the world, when I can see it daily, you know, I know now that I'm actually working towards something because I I see this and have somebody hold you accountable. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be on you next year. Raven, did you get them three books out? Yeah, because I read them. I know you did. You know what I'm saying? Next year, did you get the four books out? You know what I'm saying? The next year, did you get the five books out? So, yeah, it's so important. If you have one piece of advice that you could offer to an aspiring writer, I ain't talking about myself now because, you know, I got this. Somebody else out there who is just like, yo, I feel where she's coming from. I, I hear what she's saying. And I got all these journals and, and you know, I, I'm so creative. And I got a story that I really need to tell. And But I just really, I don't even know where to start. Like, what piece of advice could you offer to this? Is- Literally two words, just write. Just write. However it comes out, you can format it later, you can, you know, edit it later, just write. That's that's honestly, like, I don't have some profound, long saying. It's two words, just write. Mm. Well, y'all heard her. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that this weekend. I'm going to write. I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to get out of my own self. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to change my mindset and get out of my own. Um, I think Lakeisha has a, a hashtag. It's called surviving, surviving me. And so, yeah, that right there says enough. But when you step out of your own self, you know, and again, right. um, change your mindset to be able to do the things that it is that you are trying to accomplish. So I'm going to sit down this weekend and I'm going to write. It may not be but one page. But I gotta start right. somewhere. I gotta start somewhere. Yep. So, like she said, just right. You never know. Just right. right. Reagan, I want to go ahead and open the floor up to you now, so that you can get all of your contact information out to anyone who may be listening live, or to come back and listen to one of the many, many playback shows. Um, if they want to get in contact with you to purchase, you know, books. If they want to um, book signing tour, you know, if they got some some inspiration that they want to drop on you as as far as, you know, some things you can put in your next book, whatever the case may be, that they would need to get in contact with you. The floor is now yours to get all that information out. Okay, my Facebook um, is Reagan Dennis, R-A-E-G-A-N-D-N-N-I-S, very simple. My IG is Reagan N-C, R-A-E-G-A-N-N-C. Um, and I'm really never on Twitter, so I wouldn't even put that out there. Um, you can DM me, you can message me. Also, my email is ReaganNC at gmail.com, R-A-E-G-A-N-N-C at gmail.com. So I'm pretty responsive. Um, if you want to contact me and if you're looking to purchase books, you can do it directly through me because I keep hard copies on me, but you can also just go through Amazon. And if you go to Amazon and just look up Reagan Dennis, then all of my books will pop up. And also, you know, because I'm in the same genre, Chanel's books will pop up, the Norris books will pop up. So you just kind of have this candy store of all these great books. Because she gives her pants with some plugs. That's what you're supposed to do right there. That's what you're supposed to do. 
All right, guys, it's been fun. It's been real, but we we got to run. Make sure that you're right back here on Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for My Struggle is My Strength with Cosmo Moore and back at 8 p.m. for New Music Mondays. All right, you guys have a good weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Reagan, again, thank you so much for being here with me this evening, and have a good night. Thank you, you too.